Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Ahmed Shaban, the founder and CEO of Fulcrum Global Technologies, which provides business solutions for law firms and other providers of professional services. Hi, Ahmed. How are you? Good, Ari. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. I'm well, and I'm honored to be speaking with you. So tell us about your background and the genesis of Fulcrum. My background's been in high tech for quite some time. I've involved in a lot of industry transformation. Spent a better part of 15 to 18 years transforming a couple of industries before getting into legal. And I was actually approached by folks in the legal industry, a couple of folks from the law firm, as well as from technology that asked me to get involved and take a look and more importantly, listen uh, to their clients and really understand what they wanted and what they're looking for to help bring modernization and, and large-scale process-based solutions to their industry. And it is clearly needed. It's a fast-growing industry with a lot of detail. So that's how I got involved. And that was my background. It's, it's been very exciting, uh, to be honest. Initially, it was a, a bit dumbfounding to see how sparse and disparate solutions were inside the different law firms and legal ops departments, how they are very isolated. And there's just a lot of silos. I come from a world where a lot of supply chain and automation run the show and really help automate the processes in general business, especially in the back office. And it was just not necessarily the case in, in legal when I stepped in. That was about a dozen years ago now. What were some of the specific problems you were asked to solve that firms were struggling with at the outset of the business? A lot of it surrounded two buckets. One was around customizations. Just about anything and everything a firm wanted to do for their clients, they had to customize their systems dramatically. And when they did that, they fell into this terrible, vicious cycle of customizing their system and then investing more in it. So they invested more into it. They had to hold on to it. And they couldn't really move with the progression of the, the rest of the world. And I think in the last 20, 25 years, Technology has really gone at a rapid pace, right? We've seen the, you know, with the advent of internet and e-commerce and, mo and mobility and the use of devices, it just requires an, a tremendous amount of flexibility in the back end of, of the systems. And uh, when you invest very heavily and customize, you can't really keep up with the standards that uh, the industries use and technology uses to advance the ball and, uh, and keep up. There's a different size. There's an iPhone every six months. Now you get iPhone 15, 16, 17, and things like that. And, and every screen size changes a little, and every processor changes a little. And, and then security standards and data privacy are, are standards are, are going off the chain really quickly. So in order to keep up with all that, it's really best to have a standardized backend that you can really just move along with, with technology. When you customize the heck out of it, it makes it very painful. So that was one problem they were all having. They couldn't get all the features they wanted. And so they keep customizing them to get them instead of really just being a little bit more patient, wait till the next generation of tech comes out. And I think the second thing is you know, servicing their clients was a very big deal and they couldn't be responsive enough, primarily because they waited for a lot of things to, to manifest themselves and be able to deliver. But a lot of law firm clients wanted to get data from, from their firms and for better service. And, and that was very difficult for them to deliver at least timely and quickly and efficiently without tremendous cost. And vice versa, I think firms wanted to be able to promote 
outcomes and things like that back to the law to their clients and they were having a hard time being able to produce that kind of information and and, uh, and do it efficiently and cost effectively so those are the things i heard and, and they were actually very uh, typical of an industry that was poised for a transformation and and letting the automation of the supply chain really advance everything those are the types of things we listened to and we heard Fast forward, in 2023, Fulcrum announced the launch of RapidX as an addition to its Snap platform. What is RapidX and what prompted its development? We started that development about five years ago now, and back in 2019, it was part of that vision. So the first portion of our vision was to make sure that there was a a standardized process-based platform in the back end of the business of law. In other words, the, the back office, if you will. We, we have a, a line that we draw in, in law firms. There's the practice of law and the business of law. The business law is all these back office applications and systems that really help run the business. And so our first view was that in the first five years of what we were doing, let's go ahead and create a standardized platform that can really work in the back end and that can really help firms standardize so they can indeed get past some of the things I discussed a minute ago. The second part of it was to truly create the automation of the supply chain between law firms and their clients. Clients, it's a massive industry, hundreds of billions of dollars being spent on legal, different types of legal services. And and currently those firms, many of those firms, those clients, all have supply chain automation for almost every other dimension of their business from who supplies their furniture and their bathroom supplies all the way across and office supplies all the way across to sophisticated services. But when it comes to legal, they have this very mundane approach that doesn't allow them the true to capture the true efficiencies that they want, whether those are cost efficiencies from economies of scale by concentrating some preferred vendors all the way across to how they manage just the flow of information. There's a lot of detail in legal billing, for example, and the detail tends to be very confidential. And uh, there's also a lot of art and complicated art in the way billing is done in law firms and so with their clients. And so automating that supply chain, normalizing that and getting it in place was a very big deal for us. So we had that vision in 2019. We decided to slow it down in terms of its release because of the pandemic and and just do more investment in it. And so when we released it last year, it was well-received. We announced it at Clocks International Conference, and then we followed that up with some other legal operation conferences. But essentially what it does, uh, Ari, is it brings an electronic marketplace, a collaborative marketplace together for legal services and an alternative legal services, all the different legal service providers to exchange with their clients. So if you can imagine the analogy I've used in the past is an Amazon or LinkedIn had a baby. It was a legal baby, a lawyer maybe. And so you have a place now where firms can share information. They can either solicit or purchase services. They can still use all of the variables that they have in mind. They can leverage their panels. They can leverage their pre-negotiated rates, all kinds of things like that. But they can also now really have a targeted eye, whether it's towards DEI metrics or whether it's towards some other kinds of of, of load balancing that's ideal and optimal for the way they want to handle a matter when they spin it up and have the right providers. Now, legal service providers and also alternative legal service providers and other kinds of tech firms can also provide a support and service that really empower the way legal ops uh, purchases and delivers 
the legal services. They can also now see the outcomes and law firms can promote their outcomes accordingly and show why the best case isn't necessarily the cheapest case and, and so forth. So that's the view that the this collaborative electronic marketplace can really be a place where everything's shared. And then because it's all now more modern, if you will, uh, a lot of that stuff that was always an issue can fall below the scenes. The actual bills themselves, the the detail inside those bills, you can still run automation to reconcile the fee arrangements but and dispute an item or whatever you want to do. But you don't have to worry about it. It's invisible, much like when we buy things on uh, Amazon or any other electronic marketplace. We don't necessarily see an invoice today. We just move on. Given that it's recently been released, what are some of the ways that your early adopters are leveraging RapidX? That's a great question. So currently we're engaging a strategic consortium of global law firms and, and large legal service providers, and then the legal, large legal operations departments of various clients of theirs. And the that consortium is going to focus in 2024 on prioritizing the mandates for full stage piloting of the solution. And the reason for that is uh, we'll gain a real-time insight into where the top priorities for these firms are, especially uh, with the nuances that are coming along today. So we've already signed four global firms and probably another three to five this quarter. And, and there's in that top 25 or so, we'd like to get a good concentration of that. And then we'll pilot, pilot that with a, a very solid engagement from some of the largest legal departments, that, which happen to be their clients. And so the focus is a get-ahead, stay-ahead strategy. Let them go ahead and really incubate what the industry is going to do over the course of the next 10 years, knowing full well that there's a, a number of tier two firms and others that are lining up and ready to go. And we've talked to them at length, but maybe we'll do that later this year and really just focus on what the viability is of some of the mandates that have to happen. I, if I can give you an example, just in the last uh, 12 months, if the highest buzz hasn't been around Gen AI, I don't know what it is, but um, it's always something. And and with that, whether there's a huge range of believers from those who believe deeply to those who think they're very skeptical in terms of it, but the impact is already there, right? You've already seen this. The, the ISO 23053 was already there before. Now you got ISO 42001. You'll have a number of TIA initiatives, all these data privacy concerns, professional secrecy concerns. And as all those things are starting to bubble up, they put a lot of pressure on tech because at the end of the day, there's only one way for people to visibly show a market effort in terms of supporting and mandating um, and following the guidelines that are set by government and other bodies that control these things. That has definitely shown itself as, a, as one priority. I think the priorities around cost efficiencies are a very big deal. We're hearing about mandates from the law firms. They really want to be able to build value for a change. So ironically, it's not just about billing time, but really billing value. And I think as those priorities start to surface, as long as legal ops start to continue to focus on getting their analytics and their data, we'll be able to really fish out a lot of that this year and surface it well. So it's a, it's a great opportunity. And certainly the forum and the marketplace are raring to go. And we're not finding any resistance at all. We're actually finding a lot of excitement. Is technology changing the relationship between law firms and their clients? Dramatically. And there's no other way around it. Cost controls, efficiencies in, in different processes, DEI reporting and outcome analytics. And you know, they're all very tech-dependent supply chain-related uh, affairs. And uh, supply chain management has been at the core of every 
industry transformation that I've ever seen. It's also been the nemesis of those firms that failed to survive those transitions. And the way I look at it is the agents of deeper measurement and alternative commercial models are typically the opportunists and they have a keyboard in their hands. They're looking for ways to use technology to gain their management analytics, to gain, to create new comparable models and all commercial models. And, and technology facilitates all of that. And so it's creating a, a very dramatic impact in everything we do, from the way that we leverage mobility, the, the way we're communicating, the, the remote nature of work, gen AI, it goes on and on. And I think it's it's no longer, the word disruption is no longer even valid. It's just, you're picking your poison in terms of how much you want to change, how much you want to keep up with it. And it's a costly affair. And the way that you, if the much more forward thinking you can do, the well you can invest and plan, the better off you'll be in terms of being able to handle it. But it's definitely changing dramatically. How has the proliferation of generative AI, as you mentioned, affected that relationship? I think it's really the visibility of Gen AI has been the biggest impact. I don't know how prolific the impact has been at the core of technology yet. We all have to be very cognizant, at least in the tech space, we have to be very cognizant of its use and, and its availability and how to leverage it. It's still in its infancy, but it's definitely surfaced as a, a viable and significant component of any platform going forward. But I think the visibility of its profile, that's had a prolific impact. And it's affected the philosophical components in the business of law. The whether there's the never-ending challenge to the billable hour that you always hear, was it going to die? Is it never going to die? Whatever. But it's definitely challenging it because you can see how the value of uh, billing is much more important now to lawyers than the time because <laughs> these things just keep shortening it and they make it more efficient. You have the efficiency of, of the manpower in the back office and how many things you can use Gen AI for there in a, in a very you know simple form. It's not one that takes a lot of uh, sophistication. And then, of course, as I mentioned earlier, data privacy, professional secrecy, the regulation around it, uh, will that get in the way and slow down uh, the advancement of Gen AI or will it actually augment it because now people are not looking at it, but rather it's all binary. And and so I think there's a lot to to evaluate there. I don't think it's a wait and see. You can't wait and see with stuff anymore. You have to jump in somewhere. But the relationship hasn't of of and the the impact that technology has had to the relationship between law firms and their clients, it's definitely been strong. The impact that Gen AI has had, I think it's much more philosophical right now. I think it's it's about firms considering clients considering or legal departments considering what they're gonna do with the Gen AI. Can they replace or reduce cost or create improvement in quality or modeling of everything from settlement of claims to prosecution of patents and so forth. And But that's still in a much more evaluative stage, in my opinion. How long do you think it'll take for the legal industry to transform itself in the way that you envision? Because I envision an industry that is much more automated in its supply chain and much more modernized in in its exchange of commercialization, that this is, again, on the business of law side of the equation. I think there's still three to four years there to go. Now, typically any estimate <laughs> ends up being the beginning of the change, not the end. 
But we're seeing a lot of that ourselves and so already seeing it come. So I think what you're going to see is, especially with what we're involved in, that the winds of change will change the course of a number of global firms and, and legal office departments in, in 24. And I think they'll really start to turn the corner in 25. I think regulation is pushing a lot of that. And, the, and if you just look at the way the, the world is right now, some people think it's crazy. But I think what you're seeing is really the impact in the access to information and, the, and remote technologies and things like that start to play. In that regard, I think 24 and 25 will be significant years of development. I think 26 will start to see that impact pretty significantly. I, us personally, I think in after next 12 to 24 months, you'll see billions move through these automated channels like the ones we're creating. That's for sure. These firms are anxious to get that done and because and 1% of efficiency is still worth tens of millions to them. And that's a big deal. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Ahmed Shaban, the founder and CEO of Fulcrum Global Technologies, which provides business solutions for law firms and other providers of professional services. Ahmed, thanks so very much. Ari, thank you. It was my pleasure. As always, please keep it up. Uh, we all love watching and listening to your podcast. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.